All right. Welcome to the Prep Talk Podcast. This is part six of the Nights with Nick series hosted by myself and Pete's Flips. Tonight's episode is all about ways to make your business more efficient with automation and no-code tools. With us tonight, we have a very special guest, Neil Brady. Neil's a longtime Amazon seller and founder of NoCodeSeller.com, specializing in done-for-you no-code development with a platform known as Bubble. So, Neil, thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right. So let's uh, just get right into it. Let's start with, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. Take us back to the beginning, a little bit of your experience with Amazon and how you got started. Yeah, sure. Um, back in 2017, you know, I was doing some entry-level jobs and stuff. And um, I've always loved books. So I found myself in, you know, the library and I'm browsing books. And um, I think I actually, I sold a textbook um, that year. And I was like, you know, maybe I can do something with this. You know, I, I happened to sell it on Amazon. It was easy. It was quick, you know, uh, some money going in there. Um, but basically, I I started doing some searching online and, you know, stumbled upon the book Flipper and um, Nathan Holmquist. Uh, he's, he's got some software called ScanLister. And they were, they were going to library sales and um, scanning books, you know, with the scouting apps of course and uh mm -hmm. i i decided you know like i'm i'm doing this entry level job i'm not not making too much so <laughs> yeah. I, I might as well jump into something else and um started scanning books and i uh yeah i just went really deep on it and uh wasn't too long after that um by the end of 2017 that i found out about eflip and that's uh the online textbook flipping uh mm -hmm. kale broth made that so i started flipping on there everything went smooth you know i, I was making money right away you know books were kind of easy in that sense you could you buy them at a big discount never had any problems with that uh it wasn't long after that though um amazon uh, all the publishers sued amazon so i landed in some, uh, some trouble and it was a you know suspension from amazon in uh, by the end of 2018 it's really uh got me thinking about whether I wanted to be on that platform or not. And one of the, one of the reasons I went back to uh, local flipping was because the books were so cheap. I, I knew I could put, you know, a little bit of skin in the game without, uh, and still make some money uh, without, yeah, without risking, you know, ha having a ton of capital in like with what I was doing with the textbook. At the time. Um, flash forward to, uh, you know, shortly after 2020 and all the local, you know, arbitrage goes away, um, mm -hmm. I find myself back online and, you know, thinking, you know, Amazon hasn't booted me off again or they're not suspending me. So maybe I'll have another go at the online arbitrage, you know. But this time I start thinking a little differently. I'm like, I wonder how little, you know, I can spend on a book and still get, you know, some some meat out of it. And I essentially... Uh, start thinking of it as, you know, like a, almost like a portfolio, you know, and mm -hmm. um, I kind of extend the time horizon on the books as well. So like, I'm willing to wait for, you know, six months sometimes for a book to flip over, which is not what I did at first. I was kind of looking for that high turn seasonal book pattern. So, um, and yeah, I guess I, since then, like the last two years, I've had some really, some really big wins on it, you know, and I have, because of all the research I put into Keepa, um, yeah, it's really been it's it's been with uh, way way less risk, I guess. Um, 
So that's kind of why I've stayed put in the books. So awesome. Let's let's unpack that a little bit, right? Because yeah. in this day and age, you see a lot of the content uh, that's out on social media is you kind of view uh, book selling as a gateway to some of the other ways to sell on Amazon, whether it's OA, whether it's wholesale or private label. You've spent the last what about seven years, roughly, staying in the in the book side of the shop. Walk us through what were some of the main reasons why you chose to stay in the book niche? What were some of the benefits of doing that? Well, the first thing is that I love books. <laughs> second, the second biggest reason, like, as I was saying, you know, um, I really, I really had my doubts about Amazon uh, after that suspension. Yeah, I really didn't want to put myself at, at risk again. Um, so, so what happened in the last three years is, uh, especially after reading, I've got, I've got some books, of course, to show you. Uh, this book here was really enlightening. You guys probably know that one, right? Profit, Profit first. first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after reading that, I kind of figured I could put in a smaller amount, have my inventory completely paid off, and then also have the you know the cash flow for myself as well. I did dabble in uh, wholesale books for a little bit, and I just didn't find the guaranteed wins like I, like I, I did with books. Essentially, the, the the books being discounted um, so heavily, you know. It, it, that was one of the main main reasons I, I stuck with uh, with books. I haven't. I mean, I, I since joining X, I've seen all kinds of different business models. And I find it really interesting. You know, the one the one thing I did notice too was that usually you kind of got to hire a, you know a much bigger team as well when you're not um, picking off you know specific items and everything. I noticed like sometimes you need like a million in revenue to make uh, fifty thousand or something net profit. So like I I was kind of a, you know a little turned off by that but i know you can outsource the prep centers and all that and yep. um i haven't had too much success with that with the <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I do have collectible books and you know they they really do need to be specifically graded so that, i mean one of the downsides but uh i'm just handling way fewer way less inventory fewer asins than the most sellers really so sure yeah so what is what does the operation look like when you started Kind of versus now so elements that i'm looking to pull would be like you know are you fulfilling yourself are you leveraging fba um what are the tactics that you leverage to find really good books um over the time and what is like um is that viable i mean it seems like it is today what would you recommend for the person that's just kind of starting with books yeah um so i've always been like 100 percent fba love the idea of Amazon, you know, taking on all the work and uh, yeah. then that, that prime bump was a big thing, especially for the textbooks, you know, students wanted their books quick instantly. So I haven't noticed, uh, actually, I did know actually in um, with a few of the collectible books, I have noticed like the prime and, you know, having the buy box making the difference, you know. Uh, so there was like an example of uh, a book I sold for $1,800. It was it was in there for a week. And then I had another copy of it that I had in uh, collectible condition, which kind of got suppressed. So it's kind of sad. It's been sitting there at like 1200 for like a year. So um, FBA for sure, all the way. Um, so like, I mean, how did, how did your operation evolve? So um, oh, gotcha, I gotcha. you maybe started it, like maybe scanning Goodwill, maybe evolved from there. Oh yeah, totally. So the sourcing, you know, started locally. Um, looking at those kind of keep it charts on your phone. Um, and I, what I actually initially did was buying books for like a dollar. And I kind of, I ended up finding this bookstore that um, sort of, they sold for half price merchant fulfilled. 
So the, you know, the price of the books were kind of, you know, 50, hundred dollars. And I, and I looked at, I kind of looked at the chart and I'm like, this is kind of selling slow, but I wonder if this hundred dollar book can kind of turn into a $500 book, you know, sure enough, took, you know, six months and what, you know, that was a, that was a local, you know, example of, you know, flipping, you know, putting a little bit in and getting much more out um, in terms of the operations, you know, I, I like, I didn't know how to use a spreadsheet, honestly, to begin. <laughs> and I like, and I, and I knew I saw something like, I'm like listing these items one at a time. And I remember listing maybe 10 books and it was like an hour later. And I, I was like, I, you know, there's gotta be another way. So I, uh, one of the first things I built out was, um, for Amazon to Amazon flips was a spreadsheet to essentially convert, uh, over those ASINs into, uh, listings. Cause all you, all you have to do is bulk upload that sheet and essentially match the Amazon catalog. Um, there was a, so the, yeah, there was a point where, you know, that was good enough. Um, and definitely sped up, you know, the operations. Um, I, I did use some software. Uh, I did test out some software. I think it was called ScanLister at the time. You could essentially scan like a hundred books and, and uh, essentially have all the grading done ahead of time. So um, fast forward a little bit more, I, I just found Bubble, you know, no code, no code tool. And um, essentially with that, I was able to get rid of the spreadsheets. So my emails would come in, uh, I would use a little, not a script, but a regular expression so it's kind of like, you know, a computer reading, you know, reading the data and pulling it out. So uh, I no longer had to, you know, make that transfer. And um, I knew it with the uh, spreadsheets, uh, sometimes if the book didn't ship out right away, it wouldn't get included. So I knew that every time I made an order on Amazon, you know, it would be included in the program. So that kind of ensured some accuracy and sped things up um, there. Um, and then once everything's kind of graded, uh, I was able to directly, instead of going over to Amazon site and uploading the spreadsheet, um, able to hit a button and bulk upload it right there. So, um, skipping a bunch of steps that way. And, uh, I did, I mean, I tried prep centers early on and I just, <laughs> every year I'd lose like 30, 40, but, and I, I know, and I know it's not always their fault, but they like, you <laughs> the mail service would get, uh, you know, drop off, you know, pounds and pounds of books. And like, you know, I, I, I remember going down and looking at some of these prep centers and they'd show me like the labels just completely ripped off. And mm. I just like, I don't know if I can lose, you know, uh, 20, you know, $500,000 books is what I'm doing right now, you know? So, uh, so there's a point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep this in house, you know, uh, stream, streamline everything else. And really, it, it takes me uh, maybe a couple hours on the weekend, you know, two, three hours or something. And I get all my books in for the month. And uh, my UPS guy is really good. You know, they'll, they'll hold on. They'll hold on. I mean, they'll hold on to books and they'll send me an email if it's, you know, piles up too much. I know some of uh, some of the UPS stores are a little bit picky, but I got a, I got a really good one. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much the whole operation there. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So I want to, we're going to pivot slightly a little bit here, right? So uh, yeah. Neil, you and I got a chance to connect on, on Twitter or X uh, 
and just edit. I always saw right away that you had a site out there for nocodeseller.com. So it was very clear that we had similar type journeys. Um, but what I found really interesting with you is, is you don't have a formal software engineering background, correct? I do not. <laughs> so just, a, just a, just a long time using, uh, using bubble, which is a visual programming system. And, um, what I what I did discover was um, so there's actually a, a much bigger learning curve than I expected. And it's like mm -hmm. it's it's up to you know up to a year actually to to kind of figure it out just to show you how complex things can get. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, I started that. I launched this service after um, having a look at uh, Design Joys. Uh, they they had this subscription model as well. And, um, yeah, I, I launched it. I put it out there about a month ago. Um, I've had a, a couple people talk to me. It seems like they're more into, uh, they've got a fixed budget and they're, they want a timeline. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to leave it out there. I've got a wait list and everything. Um, but I'm, I might, you know, I might be thinking of pivoting at some point, um, and trying to kind of help people more directly. Um, that's, I originally had a lot of people from the bubble community, uh, looking for, you know, hourly coaching and that's kind of where I got started with that. So, um, I helped a lot of people, especially with, um, I'm really glad Amazon got rid of this, but the AWS for signature, you familiar with that one? Yep. Yeah. There's a couple different signatures in there where they have some, different they, they got rid of it. They got rid of it for the SP API. So like, it's just such a quick direct connection, but I, I helped, I helped a few people with that. I've, I've actually got, um, 250 people using you know, this free plugin. So I've, I've had a lot of traffic from that. So something I could learn, you know, like to, to try and get some, <laughs> some traffic from some leads from. So, but I, I do have some people, yeah, emailing me directly or uh, a couple of people on X there. Um, but there it's, I'm not sure that the model's quite fitting, um, the development process. So I've, I've had some feedback there. So, so let's talk, let's talk a little bit about, so for the non-technical -te business owner that's listening to the pod tonight, what, what would you recommend just being in that same type of mindset, no formal ex ex experience? What would, what would you put as a recommendation of areas to get started um, in terms of making your own business a little bit more efficient or different things like that. Can you just walk through that journey? Because I, th I think we kind of glossed over that a little bit. Okay. Just And where you you were, you were went straight in and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm a bubble developer. There was a whole journey there we want to unpack. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like why why go after software if it's something that you had no formal experience in it and, and talk about that part. Yeah, so doing things, man, I, I saw an example of this on X too. Someone's like, you know, line 700 of the Google sheet, you know, no other way to do it. Let's copy and paste this in. And I'm like, oh no, yeah, there's lots of ways to do this. Um, so it really comes down to like, do you want to do things one at a time or do you want to, you know, grab thousands of ASINs or whatever, you know, and put it into a spreadsheet and, um, use macros or, you know, a small function to, uh, automate some of that stuff away, you know, um, it, it's tough doing it through the Amazon interface, you know, hundred percent manual one at a time. I, I just, I, I got sick of it, right? Like it's, it's a barrier to, uh, working on your business 
And um, I'd suggest like diving into some, you know, Google Sheets and learning just some simple uh, formulas in the boxes next to it. Like if you want to figure out um, even from your sales data. And this was something actually um, Caleb Roth did with, um, he had a tracking spreadsheet. And that was something I did use uh, before getting onto Bubble and building my own software. Um, you could upload all your SKUs and match it with the sales data. So by the end of it, you knew where your cost of goods sold were. And it was something you just hand over alongside your other Amazon data to your accountant or bookkeeper. So um, really, yeah, if you're just kind of tired of doing that, that manual work and you... Yeah, I'd start with spreadsheets. I know there's Airtable, Zapier. Um, I'm not doing a whole lot of communication. I see a lot of people doing, um, talking, reaching out to suppliers. And, you know, there's a lot of other automation there that you could look into as well. Um, otherwise, yeah, you're, you're kind of, I'm seeing a lot of posts on X about VAs and kind of going that way if you want to help your business, you know. So, but yeah, once you sort of get traction and get rolling, um, yeah, I'd suggest looking into these things, you know, and start with some simple stuff. And yeah, I mean, you get help too. There's there's lots of uh, freelancers and coaches out there too for the, you know, and the YouTube, I mean, the amount of YouTube videos and people jumping in right now, there's no better time like to, to learn about it and automate your business. So yeah, I think one of the <clears> recommendations <throat> I like to give, especially with folks that come from a non-technical background is, is start with your own problems. And areas to improve. So Neil, you hit on it, right? You have you had a series of tasks that were manual that you that were cumbersome to do through the seller through seller central, and and you found something where you needed to solve your own problem, right? Some some developers will call that oh you're that's being lazy, but that's the best way to do it, right? Once you once you do something more than a couple of times, it's time to either look for an op opportunity to either automate it or outsource it, right? So if it's Absolutely. something that's repeatable. Uh, it's, it's a perfect opportunity for a script or a low code, no plat, no code platform like bubble or some of the other ones that are out there, or, you know, maybe it's something that's not repeatable. Um, and we give it over to our, our virtual team to be able to go through. So, um, walk us through a little bit about where, where you want to go next, right? So you've had, you've been in the Amazon community for um a pretty long time now you've had some experience now over the last couple of years with working in no code platforms so where do you see based off of your experience where some of these capabilities are going and how the common business owner could take advantage of it yeah absolutely i mean i i don't plan on going anywhere with the books like i love the books so i'll keep flipping books forever you know that's going to be that's going to essentially be like my investment portfolio on the side you know mm -hmm. um Terms of no code, yeah, I like. I I think people would really benefit from a a template or um, kind of working one on one with me for sure. Like um, uh, getting you know to the learning that that automation everything. Um, so so just trying to expand that uh, that side of business essentially. You know the the software side of business for people. Um, yeah, so I'm just I'm just gonna try, you know, like putting up the landing pages and you know see see what sticks with people. Um, seems like people uh, I've been in a few discords and everything. They're they are looking for solutions um, to list their books in bulk. Or I do see some opportunity even outside of the books for other online arbitragers, especially um, 
think I've seen Saul Sells actually. I, I had a had a talk with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's sort of he's sort of on these you know the same track as well, like getting that um, data from Amazon and um, trying to automate some of those tasks, right? So. Um, I, yeah, I just see myself in that space and, um, I haven't quite figured out the product or the solution yet. <laughs> it's been a long time, but the hard part. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with the books. I love the books. So, yeah. So yeah. do you, if, if someone were to introduce this into their business, um, what would you like very entry level? We're automating a few tasks, I guess, what sort of, uh, financial commitment would they be perhaps looking at? And then in terms of like a maintenance perspective, making sure that everything's right. It's like working properly, like from a time, time commitment, what would you kind of ballpark that out? Yeah. I mean, if you really want, if I'm not, if I'm not building from a template or anything, you really want custom software. Um, so I've got the price up right now for about $3,000 a month. And, um, really like that, that would be ongoing, essentially. Um, the timeline really depends. I've, I've had some people approach me who want uh, kind of, you know, these these apps that have been going for, you know, four or five years, and they've got all these features. Um, but really, like, one core feature to get started, um, you know, you know, maybe four weeks to uh, get that done with Bubble. Um, uh, that's what I would say that, you know, but interesting. So I mean, yeah. you could save a yeah. lot of, you could save yourself a lot of, um, you know, admin work. You, so then you're not, then maybe you could take that virtual assistant that's working on rooming through a spreadsheet, move them over mm-hmm. to sourcing, and maybe they could outperform that investment on admin work. That's repeatable. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've seen some people spending a couple thousand dollars a month on, you know, maybe 3000 a month or 4000 a month on, you know, a team of VAs. Um, and like, yeah, you can, I mean, you can replace part of it or you can enhance like it, there's maybe maybe there's some tasks you don't want software to do, you know, or you want a human interaction in there or um, yeah, there's a lot of tasks like that um, that could either enhance a VA or replace some of their work or. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of things to think about too, because for some, for some of our audience, um, you know, three thousand a month may seem like a lot initially. So, a couple of things that you can can t- start to look at. The beauty of a lot of these no code tools is they have a lot of free offers that you can take advantage of. So, I, I would say start with start small. Um, there's different areas that you could do right off the bat. Um, you know, you talked about Google sheets. I think that's a fantastic way to, to be able to start getting into the mindset of how do you optimize? And then once you optimize your process, how do you automate that? Um, as you continue to go, some other items in the tech stack that are also in the no code platform arena that are pretty easy to use with a low barrier to entry would be look, take a look at Airtable from a data management perspective. Uh, has a lot of different integrations that you can you can utilize that interface with all the different types of systems that um, Amazon business owners would be used to. And for some of your standard standard operating procedures, Notion is great for that. Um, so Notion has a lot of inter- integrations that you can take take advantage of that will tie into that as well. Now, if you're looking to do process automation, this is where you can utilize something like Bubble, which Neil mentioned, and also Make.com is a great um, collaborative software that you can add into the mix. So if you were building on, on Bubble as your, your web application, 
you can hook that up to make, which will do a lot of your process automation related work. And basically all that means is you have a set process that you're going to go through. What are those tasks that you would normally do? Or you would have someone on your virtual team complete. Now look to leverage make as a way to be able to streamline that. So those are just a couple uh, in the space that have matured over the last couple of years and kind of set themselves up as not only a low barrier to entry, but also a cost effective way if this is something that is um, brand new for you. Yeah, that's really that's really good advice, Nick. Because um, like, if you don't want to figure out a lot of the back end and authentication stuff with Bubble, make plugs in really nicely. Same with uh, Zapier is another good one. Yeah. So, is there any other in the tech <clears throat> stack that you've used or had some familiarity with? I started looking at uh, so Bubble made it some pricing changes and everything for um, last year, uh, which kind of they they want to kind of go off a of work unit. So I started kind of glancing at uh, name n8n.io okay and um, they seem to be you know uh, a little more they're supposed to be a there's an open source license so as long as you're running it on internal you know business processes you're there's you know no problem with that um, but they they look like they they've got a nice user interface and it's it's mostly backend uh, things but um, it, I'm I'm sure it can connect with everything so I started looking at that one that one's kind of interesting so awesome mm -hmm. all right is uh, and then one last question before we wrap up here anything else that uh, you want to leave the audience with that would uh, prove helpful as they're going on that journey definitely learn Keepa like go dive into Keepa there's so much subtleties in there and. Uh, Follow follow all the people talking about Keepa on on Twitter uh, or YouTube. Um, if you're if you really want to dive into books, uh, Joji has a good channel. Joji Davenport, um, he's got a Discord as well. Like if you look under you know the comments and everything, um, Caleb Roth sold off a lot of his stuff. He was a thebookflipper.com and he but he still got some good YouTube stuff to look at. Um, yeah, so if you want to get into book flipping, I, I, I definitely go look at those guys for sure. Hopefully awesome. down the line, down the line, I'll have some content as well. <laughs> there we go. Excellent. Yep. And then on yep. the content space, where can the audience find you? Where can they connect? Yeah. So just I'm, I'm on X right now um, the, at the Neil Brady. So there's my uh, handle right there. Uh, and yeah, that's that's it so far. So I, I know I've had some people ask, like, can I see some of the stuff you're working on? And, you know, it'd be a lot easier if it, yeah, you know, to figure out. So I might be releasing some uh, some videos down the line here. So. Excellent. All right, Neil. Well, we appreciate you coming on for this week's episodes and nights with Nick sponsored by the Prep Talk podcast. <laughs> so that'll be uh, everything for this episode. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for convincing cool. me, man. Yeah. Good <laughs> seeing you guys. <laughs>